1: KC Laboratory, sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's a live Kadarius Tony edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Nobody loves to bank, they love what banking can help them achieve. Emprise is looking to say yes to those with a dream, whether it's saving for your first home, a new car, a new receiver, starting a family, starting a business. Emprise is your partner, Impossible. That's Emprise Bank member FDIC. I am joined. Bye, my dear pals first find him on twitter at maddie underscore and maddie we've already heard your takes on Kadarius tony today i can't wait to hear more
2: yeah um i definitely gave a lot of Kadarius tony takes and the the craziest thing is that as the day went on i think my opinions changed a little bit up and down ebbs and flows it's kind of the day's gone on i've tried to process it so there's some new stuff that i have but for the most part i'll let you two guys get your takes off on this because you guys haven't got to yet i gotta talk for a solid 50 minutes <clears throat> Uh in the middle of the day about you? my Tony takes.
3: Not you, Maddie. You talking for 50 minutes. That that, that never happens. That's Greg, what You that, just want to
2: that, cut Ken out and we can go for 90 minutes, just you and I, right now.
3: 50 <laughs> minutes, 50 minutes is what we
1: literally call a Maddie 30. That's true. <laughs>
3: it's true. Yeah, Chiefs trade for Kadarius Tony. Um, do you just want to dive into it, Kent? Let, let, let's get to it. Um I'll give mine first and foremost. Uh, I probably didn't have the best reaction when, when it came down. I was not a big Kadarius Tony guy coming out. I, I really wasn't. I thought he had a lot of room to grow as a receiver, you know, from a route running standpoint, not the ability to, because I, I, the physical traits are tantalizing. I mean, the. Be real here, the the explosiveness is next level. The change of direction ability is next level. I mean, he runs through guys like a much bigger player. Like, I totally understand. So I understood the move from the get-go. Didn't love the compensation. Didn't love that this appears to be the move. You know, we knew that the Chiefs liked him from that draft class. We did. We'd, We'd heard some rumblings behind the scenes. But it's just one of those moves that... I. Definitely for future, definitely a guy that needs to grow a lot more. Certainly not something that I'm looking at for 2022 as a guy that I'm saying, hey, let's hang our hat on that guy. He's going to be a major impact. I think this is next year or the year beyond before we start really seeing him contribute in a big way.
1: Yeah, it's kind of just like an extremely out of left field kind of move. Like, I think that's how I feel. It's like, hey, you know, if you were telling me the Chiefs were looking at a receiver, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, if you told me they were looking at an edge rusher. I I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, but you just—it's kind of more of a long-term move mid-season while you're chasing a Super Bowl, and so that's just kind of what threw me off a little bit about the move. Just like, hey, we're. You know, it's it's a long it's it feels like more of a long term move than a short term. That is not to say that there are not short term values that this team will get from Kadarius Tony if healthy being on this football team. Because I just like off the top, special teams value. Sky Moore, it's an adventure with him what on Special punt teams right. value. He's played more special teams than Sky Moore.
2: 14 return punt returns in six years versus 13 in four years, Kent. It's one more play in two extra years. You were there in Mobile with me when we watched him attempt to field punts, and he maybe fielded one out of every four. I think you're going to see him back there. I'm not saying it's impossible. It's just I keep seeing people saying to bank on that. Like, I've seen that more than anything else. is, Oh, we got a punt returner now. Why? Why do we think he's a punt returner? Because he's never done it. Like he's only done it in very specific situations and short term. Like that's the one take about this whole thing from just anybody that I don't get is why we think he's a good punt returner. Well, you and I saw the same thing. He can't field punts. I watched just, him not field punts.
1: Or or well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. Um, but we've seen Sky Moore fumble too already. Yeah, and, and that's mean, the it, point, right. Like it's like it, it should but, be Trip
2: McDuffie. He's the, the only but, guy I haven't seen
1: fumble one. The bar to clear is not particularly high in the return game. Trent McDuffie is an interesting option too, as well. But I, I, I think you know if you can put Kadarius Tony back there, the skill set translates, and that's a way to get him involved in this offense. Oh, um, I, I think there's a role for him in 2022. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are a better football team because Kadarius Tony is here in Kansas City now. I'm just, it It does not feel at all like a 2022 move to me because I think if you were looking to make improvements to the 21 or the 22 football team, I think there's probably other avenues that you could take to make this version of the Kansas City Chiefs in their pursuit of a Super Bowl better. But I, I, I also like, I, I'm fine with, with making an investment in the future as well. And I do think that there is some benefit to be had for him being on the roster this year, being on the roster for 2022. And I do think he still does help
3: in some capacity.
2: I I want you guys fight. So get him, Craig go.
3: (laughs) No, I do think um, this, this aligns with a lot of the stuff that, that Brett beach has done. I, I, I don't hate the move for the future. Obviously, you know, you, you take a gamble on the traits before we dive all the way into that. Um, I, I do want to acknowledge a KL three sixty eight. It's in the chat here. Is talking about how you know at Florida he was deemed too valuable. They didn't really want to use him. You know, especially in you know especially senior year when he really broke out there. His old Giants league, that was good used him back there at, sparingly, kind of when they needed a big play. We've seen that with Tyreek Hill a little bit, and that's where I wanted to go with this. When you watch wide receivers, when you watch skill position players. The things that you are looking for, you know, you you look at the crispness of routes, you look at, you know, what how he catches the ball, you know, how he integrates with some of this stuff, how he reads leverage of corners and things like that. And yet the thing that tends to jump off the screen with some of these guys that GMs fall in love with, and I'm guilty of it as well, it's when guys move differently than the rest of the people that they are. And say what you want about Kadarius, Tony, he moves differently. When you watch him out there on the field with other NFL athletes, he stands out. And he stands out in a way, and I know the praise and the heaping of the praise that I'm putting here. He stands out in the way that Tyreek Hill stood out. Like you watch him move and you're like, that dude moves differently than everybody else. That short area quickness, that change of direction ability is phenomenal. It really is. And so I think people see that. As a punt returner, especially, and they go, hey man, he makes dudes miss, he rolls off at tackles, he's got good contact balance, he's got good explosion. When the ball's in his hands, you want him, you know, moving in space. And that's when you're going to get him in some punt return look. So I can see Dave Tobe saying, Hey, listen, I'll teach him how to catch a punt. I'll teach him how to field the punt. I know he may have had some struggles in the past. I'll teach him how because once he's fielded the punt, it's different. He moves different. And when you see him on return motions in the offense when you see him on jet sweeps when you see him on bubble screens he moves differently he just is able to eliminate angles that guys have trying to come downhill to tackle him He's able to roll off other dudes it is just I know I keep saying it, it's just different and so from that perspective like I know exactly why a GM like Brett Veach looks at a guy like that and says or you know Last year, you know, with the Giants drafting him in round one, you look at a guy like that and you say, that is an unfinished product, but the ceiling is ridiculously high just because of that athletic explosiveness and ability. I, oh, you, Maddie wants to jump in. Go.
2: No, 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 go ahead. I I got a lot of take, Tony takes off, so I'll just you guys keep going. Well,
1: I heard, I listened, Maddie, to a little bit of impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to you.
3: <laughs> you didn't you didn't get enough of him during the week. You you actually you triple-dipped.
1: I actually I listened to one of our live shows. Uh I listened to you and Beige and Tuck talking today. Um and I think you said I think you said this on air. Maybe it's one of the 1000 messages we've exchanged today. Uh that so I just I want to make sure I'm giving you credit. You said he could he can do the Macall stuff better than McColl can. And I think you put that in public. I, I, I if you did, I outed you. Uh, I'll take if not. It is now. Uh, I, he can he can do the McColl stuff better than McColl. And I think the gripes that you have with McColl as a route runner with an incomplete route tree, I think the potential for Kadarius Tony is there to be able to do more as a traditional receiver than there has ever been for McColl Hardman. I mean, we're four years in. McColl is what he is. Yeah, that he's not developing any farther as a route runner i think there's more potential just because of some of the routes that we've seen him run in a short amount of time in the nfl uh just like a simple slant like <laughs> there's a lot going on there at times but at the same time like the fluidity through his frame the mm-hmm. burst the explosion um, uh, the acceleration through the break there's a lot of that there with some of the routes the reps that you see and so you can do all the manufactured stuff with more contact balance, more physicality, good burst, explosion, maybe not identical long speed, but more than enough long speed to be problematic on a jet or or a reverse. So he's still got that in him. But I think there is more to him in the traditional pass catching sense. He's not, he's I mean, he's a work in progress, and we don't have a big sample size um in the NFL at this point, which I think is the big concern uh is just it's the it's the overall health of of Kadarius Tony.
2: yeah and i so i fully agree if it wasn't live like i am fine with being outed into terms that tony can do all of the stuff that McCole hardman is doing for the chiefs in the down the stretch last year and so far this year and physically i think he can do it better i think he is a better athlete i think he moves better on a football field that's saying a lot because McCole hardman moves really good on the football field. He's Mm -hmm. explosive. He's fast. He's dynamic. He's a very good runner with the football. I just think Tony takes similar levels of deep speed or long speed more. It puts with more explosion and more shiftiness. So there's, and more power. So there's just a lot more danger. He's a lot more dynamic on those exact things. Then that translates to his ability to run routes, not his actual routes, but his ability to run routes, because I think they are, that's where my concern comes in is, Much like McColl, the routes are highly inconsistent, not only how they're run, but where they're run to. Does he understand the leverage? Does he understand the zone? Does he understand what's going on, where his adjustments are? And these were everyone's questions of Tony coming out of college. We've seen there's two games of him doing well in the NFL level, and I don't know if either one of them were enough to say, oh, no, he understands it. Some of the plays were literally just little layups, and then he goes and makes a big play, which is awesome. And then a 50 50 ball, he wins up the sideline again. Awesome, but I don't know if I'm ready to say that I can erase those concerns I had of him coming out that translate to a real receiver. There's a reason that Tony, as athletic as we're talking about, you know, one of the one percent of one percenters in terms of his athletes on the field, he wasn't a major factor in college till his senior year. He had to be 21 years old playing against 18 and 19 year olds to dominate the college level that matters. And especially at skill positions, that's one of the biggest correlations you can have between college production and NFL career success is if you don't break out until you're a senior, that's a, that is one big concern. I have that he had to be more athletic than everybody else in the field to make a major impact in college. What does that look like at the NFL? Thankfully we've seen him limited sample size, but we've seen him still out athlete people on the Mm -hmm. NFL field.
1: Let me let me just jump in really quick, because like I think that 189 yard performance that we saw uh, matters. I think it matters like to all the points that you just
3: made. Oh, it was real. <laughs> it's very real. I mean, he, he, he put Trevon Diggs in a blender, man. Like, it, yeah, he proved a ceiling. Mm-hmm.
1: He proved a ceiling justifying the 20th pick in the draft when he was taken. I don't think I was at pick 20 when, when, when the draft went up, there was for, it was more for, Hey, you know, there was some injury things. There was some off the field things that maybe, you know, (laughs) brought some questions to people, but he displayed his ceiling in the NFL. And that I think matters a lot when we're having this conversation about the college eval, because he has shown what he is my counter of.
2: is Demarcus Robinson did the same thing for one game True. and that is just one game now Tony did it look more impressive sure 100%. I'm not saying did it did not but Demarcus Robinson did it for a game so are we going to say Demarcus Robinson has shown that same ceiling than two like I don't think one game is fair to say that because we know he's an elite athlete I was giving him the credit he's a better athlete than 99.9 percent of other NFL players as well it's just does that translate to skill on the football field? The skill, not the traits, not the physical ability, but the skills of playing wide receiver where my questions are. Now, I, I we'll let Craig get in takes on this. You and I have been talking for seven minutes straight, so we'll, we'll let Craig kind of jump in here, just Kadarius Tony, the receiver, the upside, where we think he is before we get back to the actual traits. I think that's the biggest part so
3: far. I, I do think that there's something to be said for – not only the offense that he's in, obviously, you know, coming from Daniel Jones, going to Patrick Mahomes matters. Uh, You watch some of the tape, you watch some of the stuff, especially earlier on this year. He gets open there. There are open windows. There are opportunities to get the ball in his hands there. There there are. And it's because of that short area quickness. We'll get into that a little bit more. So I do think from that point, he can be a useful receiver and he can get some separation in man coverage which is what this team needs more of however I also watch him run a lot of routes against zone where he's just you know he's not reading the leverage of the safety he's not reading where the corners are he just he's it's almost clinical it's I know that I need to be right at nine yards and then I need to make this cut and be at you know 15 yards and then I need to flatten this here and all that it's not that it's not precise it is but it's not reading the leverage of that it's not finding the spaces in the zone it's not finding where that is and so that does reduce a lot of opportunities for him you see him run through zones and you're like man that guy's moving really well but like three guys were able to just kind of stand where they were and take him completely out of the play without having to do anything and That's the element of it that needs to grow. Those are the sorts of things that that, some of that is innate. Some of that is learned. Some of that is taught. And so I, I think that there's something to be said for the fact that he can find opportunities in a Giants offense that is, frankly, not great and doesn't use their receivers particularly well, but that there is still so much room to grow with the types of coverages that the Chiefs are going to see. I know that we're seeing more man coverage against the Chiefs than we have in any other year ever, and he will be able to pull off some of these slants, drags, outs, things like that. Patrick Mahomes is going to find space. He's going to have separation on those routes, and that's going to be great. But as teams shift back to some of the too high stuff, shift back to some of these drop eight coverages that we're seeing them try to use more against Patrick Mahomes, I question what his what his true input to the offense is going to be in those scenarios, because I haven't seen him sink. I haven't seen him find those spaces and I haven't seen him really do some of the things that you would expect. That being said it is Andy Reed. Andy Reed is exceptional at scheming guys. Open is exceptional at finding room for people. And this year we only got to see two games with him, with Mike Kafka and Brian Dable arguably the best coaches that he's ever had in his lifetime for offensive coordinators, offensive coaches. So I do think there is an opportunity that he could step in and grow as a receiver, maybe quicker than we think he can simply because this is going to be the best coaching he's ever gotten.
1: Well, and you know, we talk about, we've talked a lot about like, there's just not a ton of juice in the running back room, right? There's not a ton of, you know, explosive plays coming out of the backfield. And the second that they bench Clyde Edwards alaire, McCole Hardman gets three tap passes, slash reverses, or whatever, and gets these edge runs out of the backfield. I mean, there's some burst and some juice out of Kadarius that maybe that they're trying to get some of these edge kind of, you know, manufactured plays or what have you. They're just trying to get some burst out of some of these looks out of, you know, out of the backfield, right? And that's something that Kadarius Tony presents too. Um, there's one, you know, there's something that they talk a lot about is like exploiting, you know, Andy, Andy, his, his quote is, I'm going to exploit your strengths. Kadarius Tony has some strengths. Okay. Mm -hmm. If he's healthy, like that's really the only thing I'm worried about. I'm not concerned with the draft, the the compensation. Um, I think it's fine. There's, there's not, they're not going to find a receiver at pick 100 with the Ryan Poles pick. That's better than Kadarius Tony. They're not going to find an offensive weapon better at pick 100 than Kadarius tony so um I, you guys both look like to fight me <laughs> Mostly i just Craig. think
2: that's a i think that's a bold sh- statement to make when he can't play when he can't get on the field i think it's a that's, bold statement to say what that they, yeah. that they can't get a better player why are like you their so second round
1: pick you'll be play their second no, round picking know, it on the field
2: i yeah. know you no no he physically can't get on the field i yeah, know I, you said it, if he's healthy gotcha. i know you okay. caveated it but I'm saying, how do you have so much confidence that they won't be able to find a better player? Just a player that can physically step on the field would technically be better than what Tony has been for you know over half of his time in the NFL now. So I, just, I don't have the same level of health confidence. If he's healthy, then I agree with you. If he's healthy, I 100% agree, and he's focused, and he's ready to put in all the work. Because whether he's hurt or not, he hasn't been doing football this year. Yeah. Whatever the mm-hmm. reason is, if he's willing to get over that in physical, mental, whatever it is, I fully agree with you. I just don't know how sitting here in my little office in North Carolina, I'm supposed to have that confidence that he is going to do those things.
3: Okay. Let's, let's bring up the the health element of it. Obviously he's played 12 to 24 games. I know everybody's kind of been harping about it. Soft tissue tissue injury this year, hamstring had an oblique last year and missed some games due to the COVID protocol. So that that's by and large, why he's missed games so far. He comes out after the trade to Kansas city. Kind of alludes to maybe not being as hurt as he is, and then some rumors kind of come out that he and the Giants disagreed on how injured he was. Um, certainly the Chiefs are doing some work on him, getting an idea of how healthy he is. They're not going to trade for a broken player, especially not with the compensation that they're giving up right here. And they know some people in the building. I mean, hell, his offensive coordinator was here last year. So if there was serious, serious concerns, and we know how respected Andy Reid is in this league, Mike Kafka is not going to go rogue and be like, hey, I'm going to play a prank on Andy. No, that's not happening. Yes, connection. Kafka connection is also interesting from S. Bone. So it does make me think that there's something else there. He either feels like he's healthy enough to play, which that tweet would indicate, and he feels like he's ready to go and maybe the Giants didn't think he was or the Giants athletic staff didn't think he was, but I I haven't seen a ton of conversation about that to date because the the thing got deleted, but what do we think that is? What do we think that is is coming from that? Because I find that very interesting. If he's able to come out and just step on the field for Kansas city immediately, like the, the, what, what the hell was going on in New York then? Well, I mean, it was a new regime.
1: It was, it yeah. they drafted a slot receiver in the top 50 mm-hmm. this year. Joe Schoen mm-hmm. went and got his, or Shane went and drafted his slot receiver. And so like, I'm not saying that I don't want to absolve the new chief because he's a new chief at all, but at the same time, like, I think there's probably, I mean, we see this all the time with teams that kind of want to get rid of old draft picks and, you know, from, from previous regimes. Um, it's not uncommon to see, to see some teams do that. So um, I don't know. I that's, I think there's a little bit of that, you know, to the scenario, I think possibly,
3: like, I think that's in the range of possibilities. That's quick though. That's quick. You're giving up on somebody after a year and a half. I, we've seen teams well, give up on draft picks, former draft picks. I'm not saying that they haven't, but man, that's, that's quick. When you move on that fast, usually well, you like to this feel is the about second a little staff. more. It's the yeah. second
2: staff that this kind of stuff has happened with. And so, which leads to the next point, you know, to give the whole picture, there was off-field concerns with Kadarius Tony. He very, he is very much into his music career. That's something that matters, and that's not inherently a bad thing unless it takes away from the football aspect. But there were people, and not saying that this is true, but there were people that had concerns about that when he was coming into the league. There's rumors and stuff about that while he's been with the Giants. That Stuff like that mattered more. He went in as a rookie and didn't show up to voluntary workouts as a rookie. He didn't show up. So two coaching staffs, not one, but two different coaching staffs in the Giants had issues with getting him on the field, whether injured, whether he didn't want to be, whether he fell out of favor or he didn't like them. Two entire coaching staffs did not get along with him there in the perfect way. So that's just that's worth mentioning. I don't think or know if it matters. Andy Reid is the kind of person to help control and breed that and have the kind of locker room that will let you know him be completely fine here as long as he wants to work. And by all accounts, it sounds like he's saying that he does. Just I think that has to be considered as part of the, I'm not hurt. They say I'm hurt. Like, Is it just two different sides of the coin not getting along, like it did with the previous coaching staff with him?
1: Uh, Do me a favor. uh, Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you love this show. Uh, And if you love drinking coffee every morning, and who doesn't, you have to check out Trade Coffee. Trade makes it super easy to get the best coffee delivered fresh from the finest local roasters across the country. Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it so simple for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. No fancy equipment required. Upgrade your coffee today with Trade Coffee and let them take the guesswork out of finding your perfect cup. Uh, they found some <laughs> very good cups for me, uh, both coasts. It's been very good. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your subscription plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country, drinktrade.com slash KCSN. Hold on a second. I got a cough. I'm. The, I'm. Can I just say, guys? I am. I, I. I tweeted this out earlier this week. I am incredibly sorry about my coughs.
3: Speaking of coffee, I'm. No. I. No. 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 Don't start again. Oh no. Oh no. The. I'm sorry. I. I really it's am. messed sorry. with your brain. He doesn't realize where
1: he is. <laughs> I apologize. What? I. I'm sorry for the last two weeks. Everybody that's had to endure some some coughs here and there. I do. I genuinely feel bad. So. Um, anything on Kadarius Tony, or should we move on to the rest of the football team? Uh,
2: just quickly, the the compensation I guess should be, we should talk about it. It, it was for the Ryan Hols compensatory pick. You're looking at pick a hundred to a hundred and two ish, probably, and then a sixth round pick. It sounds hopefully maybe like the Chiefs. It's going to be pretty late in the round, in the sixth round as well. Not a lot goes into that. Like I understand these are more like a a pick four and a seven uh, rounds. You know they're late. They I still think the three matters, and that was my initial. Uh, malcontent with the trade is that seems like too much just on surface value for a player that has played in half of his games and not been that productive in most of those games but when you start to break it down that's not bad where I really got okay with this trade and it's like this is where kind of like my mind started to turn if I completely ignore everything about this season and just look at this as a trade that's made in the upcoming offseason instead of in the middle of this year and ignore this year I think I'm okay with it. It's still probably a little more than I want to pay, but if you're trading those picks to get a receiver with his upside that presents as a floor of essentially being McColl Hardman when he's healthy, I am okay with those picks for that in the offseason, only looking for the future. That's where I have turned a corner on this and become okay with it. My problem is it's a lot harder now to trade for a defensive end that matters because you have thinned out your middle round picks that you could use. To carry Tony does not do any improvement for you this year. yeah, he can be a better McCall Hardman, but he still has to learn a play, playbook and even if he is a better Hardman, how many times have we found ourselves saying, man, if Hardman was only a little bit better on that jet sweep, this team would really go somewhere the air the, the improvement there is so minimal that I mm-hmm. don't think you're gonna get that much help this season and if it prevents them from making a better move for a defensive end that would help more this year, that's where my uh, anger over the tweet or the trade or my upsetness comes from.
3: Yeah. The, the overall defensive side of it. I mean, we talk about, you know, everybody's brought up the fact that, you know, Juju Smith, Schuster, McCole Hardman, Justin Watson, all out of contract after this season, they can move on from Marquez Valdez Gantling if they want to, for basically nothing after this season. And so the really, the only locked in guy in the entire receiver room, is Sky Moore and maybe a Justin Ross coming off of IR, which, you know, who knows what that's going to be. So there's not a whole lot of swings there. So yes, I'm with Matty in that regard. You make this trade in the offseason, probably sitting around going, eh, might have been a little bit too much, but I get it. It's probably the same compensation, regardless of you're doing it now or if you're doing it then. So at the very least, you get a half a year. And he's costing you next to nothing. Like the the price of him is so low. It's almost the cost of what the Chiefs are going to be missing with Frank Clark being suspended for the next two games. It's basically coming out in the wash for the season. So if you look at it that way, it's like, okay, they didn't really lose much of anything there. But yes, I'm with Maddie. It's the defensive inside of the ball. That room is just as thin with impact players as the receiver room is after this season. And I feel more optimistic about the Chiefs being able to get another receiver than I do with their ability to get another defensive end. Now, that's not saying they're not working the phones. They could absolutely be working the phones, could be trying to land a guy, could be trying to figure out a way to make this work, especially since Nate Taylor also reports Odell Beckham Jr., would still be considered in Kansas City, still considering Kansas City. That makes me think, is this receiver room complete as it is right now, both in or out? Are they looking to offload a guy? Are they looking at this and going, well, maybe we can move on from McCole Hardman. Maybe we can get get away from X, Y, and Z. Who knows? And maybe try and recoup some of that mid-round trade compensation and turn around and try and add another young guy along the defensive line. There are still moves to be made. Trade deadline's on November 1st, so this is far from a complete situation right now, especially with that Nate Taylor quote that's in the back of my head a little bit here. So I am just kind of curious to see, is this the only thing, the only domino that's going to fall that the Chiefs had before the trade deadline?
1: Look, I know we wanted to get to some other stuff, but I... I got to pivot. I have a feeling this is going to go places. So, I'm just going to ask some questions. I'm going to ask a question here. It's we haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. So, on this on this fine program. So, Robert Quinn mm. goes to the uh Philadelphia Eagles for a fourth round pick. And I just we're talking here about like Kafka potential connection and all this stuff. Ryan Poles is the GM for the Chicago Bears. <laughs> he, the Chiefs, have a draft pick this year for Ryan Poles getting a GM job. I, we're talking about defensive end, and we are sitting here going. They need a defensive end. There's some buzz that the Chiefs are looking along the defensive line. Okay, cool. Robert Quinn could have gone for the Kadarius Tony pick. So I guess my question, or not the Kadarius, yeah, the same pick they gave up Kadarius Tony or the Ryan Poles pick. Like literally the Ryan Poles pick could have gone to Ryan Poles instead of for Kadarius Tony. I'm just looking at it, going, we think and we believe in the value of the defensive line investment. We've been talking about it for like weeks, but like, dude, like, how how high of a priority is it for
3: the Chiefs? How how, how okay? How, how how old is Robert Quinn? He's old. He's thirty two. He's thirty two. I can tell you that. Is that over the age of twenty eight? <laughs> yeah. Okay, a little bit. cool. A little bit. That, that, I think that's about as far as we need to take the Brett Veach So conversation. Okay, no, no, right no, now.
2: no. <laughs> no. Nope. walking that back. So you think that he would have to be go for the same draft picks that Melvin Ingram went for the Chiefs to be interested in? Because they traded uh, for an old defensive end that probably cost them about the same as what Robert Quinn's going to cost
3: the Eagles. I agree. I also think that uh, this organization believes in this defensive line a lot more this year than they did in last year's unit. But that's also one of my points. It's like, mm-hmm. I first
1: off, I don't really know if there is a no chance a, an edge player on the market right now that's not going to cost the pick that that Clark Hunt says we, you know, the Chiefs are not allowed to, to trade,
3: you know, so or, it's or like, the sum of the value. Yes.
1: Yeah. So what yeah. if it, what if it is like, what if it was this? It's like there's really no, uh, edge player we're gonna be in the market for because like josh allen's gonna require a first round pick brian burns is going to require a first round pick like maybe there's just not a big edge move to make that doesn't require your first round pick because both of those guys seem like very nice long-term plays at the edge position that i would be as soon as they get acquired by the chiefs would be interested in extending
2: but (laughs) i just maybe the market isn't there for edge. You only get good defensive ends by paying them a ton of money or with a first round pick. So what is it? What does it matter if you have to trade a first round pick to get a good (laughs) defensive end? That's your only way to get them anyway. And good ones don't come at pick 30 good defensive. ends don't come at pick 30. So you're not just spending around one pick. If you're the chiefs, you're going to have to trade up, which is then more draft capital. I understand the contract value of it. I understand that it makes more sense to, trade up and swing on a defensive end and it does the trade for a veteran that you have to have to go mm-hmm. out and pay. But here's mm-hmm. the thing, the team, this team and where it's at right now, it's not win now, but it's also not trade up and miss on a defensive end because it's still not a hundred percent guaranteed. Whoever you go up and get is good. Trading up for Montez sweat who's been fine in the NFL, but if you had to trade up to go get him, it probably wouldn't have been worth what you traded up to go get him for, right? It wouldn't Mm -hmm. have been worth those picks. Whereas trading for Brian Burns, you know what you're getting in the NFL trading for Josh Allen. You know what you're getting in the NFL. Yes. It costs a first round pick. That's how you get those guys, or you're going to settle and pay Bradley Chubb the same amount of money. Those guys are getting to not be as good at them in free agency, but you got to keep your first round pick, but you paid him just as much. It's just, that's the only way to get them. It's the only way the Chiefs will get a good defensive end. So if that's what's holding them back, if they are scared to spend a first-round pick to trade no, for it's defensive it's end. Not, it's
1: not scared. It is like Clark Hunt has said, we are making a first-round pick in
2: Kansas City. Like that's a thing that has is, is for sure. Like they are not. We have a their lot bigger issues pick. if that's an issue, if that's what's controlling your team. Listen, you have a lot bigger issues. It's at hand. controlling.
1: It's controlling the draft capital that you can use to move. It is. There's also a 2024 first round
2: pick plus. That's not as not
1: valued by teams in trades. I know.
2: Well, yeah, I know. Yeah, I,
1: I like. I'm not a. I am not saying I'm a fan. I'm just saying like. <laughs> I think this is what the situation is.
3: I understand what the situation is, and I know that the draft is in Kansas City, and I understand that Clark Hunt would like his first-round pick. I just can't – the the, <coughs> the mental side of it to say, well, we have to pick day one. They have 11 picks in this draft still. 11. Even after trading for Kadarius Toney, they have 11 picks still in this draft. Guess what? You're still going to get up on that podium plenty. You're still gonna make a ton of picks. They are there. Now, I'm 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 with Maddie on all that. I'm gonna flip to the other side here and say we have no idea what the cost for Josh Allen and Brian Burns oh, is. Sure. We 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 know what has been declined, and it's way less than a first, you know, way less than the it, two firsts from the Rams, 24 and 25. Those are way devalued at this point. Like yeah, that's not that much. Devalued. That's not that much when it for when push comes to shove there. So We don't know what it's going to take. It could legitimately be like a first and a second in the same draft for Brian Burns. And if that's the case, I get it. Like I I totally understand. You don't, you don't want to make that move. Get it totally on board with it. So we don't know fully. What it's going sure. to take, this is just us saying. there's a couple of guys on bad teams that are rumored that those teams are kind of sniffing around a little bit, willing to listen to offers. That's all this is. Those offers could still be big. Just because you're listening doesn't mean that you're listening with an ear to, hey, we want to get a deal done. It's more like, hey, if somebody wants to come pay way too much for this dude, we're willing to let him go.
2: Well, you know what's a lot cooler than making a pick in Kansas City for the draft? a Super Bowl parade in Kansas city. It's a lot freaking cooler than making a draft pick in your hometown. So just lob that one up the food chain, I suppose. Oh, I think you're,
3: you're muted. I think, it, I think you're your muted. Internet.
2: I think your <laughs> I internet has decided that your takes are not valid on this. In this situation. <laughs> no, um, well, so like, Oh, you're back.
1: I am back. Thank you very much. I mute. I had myself <laughs> muted to keep myself from Coughing, and really, all I want right now is a tall boy. Uh, you may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottle water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer, it's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Why is this water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill. Plastic pollution. Go get liquid death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7 Eleven. They're delicious. You can get sparkling, just regular. You can get sparkling with flavor. Um, you can get um like a flat water, <laughs> they're all awesome, they're all from the Alps, and thirst is being murdered uh across the city so much that they're having investigations. Go find a liquid death retailer near you with their local store locator tool at liquiddeath.com kcsn that's liquiddeath.com kcsn see I'm yeah my i my thirst needs to be murdered here
2: yeah <laughs> um it's you know it's doing a good job i was hearing you talk earlier it's doing a good job helping the thirst um is put the cough you get a little dry throat i and you know if you guys are getting deal with the cough you guys are just thirsty from exercising for the first time in a year and a half get yourself some liquid death and control <laughs> control those hydration levels.
3: Taking passive shots at one of our team members here, yeah. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I was not passive. <laughs> all right, I I know that we were going to talk a little bit about offense, defense. Not you anymore. Say that, yeah. Let let yeah. let's say that, and and come back to that next week. Just trade deadline talk. That. Yeah, we did do trade deadline talk. The Chiefs make another move. Obviously, there will be more trade deadline talk. But I mean, um, at this point, like, I I, I don't know that we. <laughs> We kind of talked around each other a little bit here and around what we thought of it overall. How do you feel? Is it a thumbs up or thumbs down? Yes or no? I don't want. I don't want you know the big long explanation, Maddie.
0: Very Tony (laughs)
3: trade today. That's
1: impossible.
2: This is um from Joaquin Phoenix from the Gladiator where we're just kind of got our hand out and we're yes. just kind of waiting yes. and we're just waiting until the crowd gives me the correct answer. And it's not people in the chat. Cause I know the people in the chat love Tony because he has nice highlights. I understand that, but this is just a, this is a thumb straight out to the side until he gets out on the field and stays on the field. Like this oh, isn't okay. moving until I see what he does. It's He's not. Still mad if this, at it. Oh yeah. Always. 100%. <laughs> If this stops them from getting defensive end and they get zero pressure on Joe Burrow or Josh Allen in the playoffs, I hate this trade. I absolutely what? hate it if that's what it push comes to shove.
1: Sorry, Joe Burrow in the playoffs?
3: Mm. Huh. Jamar Chase is hurt right now. They're gonna, his, they're gonna struggle. His
1: whole his spamming Jamar Chase on a go ball has been taken away for six weeks.
2: Nope. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, How the 33s go last time? You predicted hey. a demise.
3: <laughs> I don't. Hey, I don't uh, do, do we think Talk that he's that. back for the Chiefs? knowing the chief's left. Yes, yes, because
2: his body is there they are being they're being elusive with his return date because they think that his body is so special that it will heal faster. So I think he's going to do some high knees on an airplane. I was to say he's in an really airplane doing high knees weeks.
3: right now. Beat me to it. Beat me are to we, it. Do we all have the same joke? Of course, of course we did. It's the it's the lowest hanging fruit that's out there right now. I'm a thumbs up. I know how I sounded. I'm a thumbs up. It's a future move. I, again, just watching him move different. I, if there's anybody that's going to get something out of him, I think it's the staff. And I, you know, if they don't, luckily it's just like pick 100. You know, it's Leo Chanel, Dorian O'Daniel. It's taking those guys. You know, if you sign a value to him, it's taking those guys and a Darwin Thompson. And he's given that. I don't want to say Trey Smith, uh, because that's a good player. Um, I, they're getting, <laughs> hey, look, they're getting,
1: they're getting four Jalen Watson and Isaiah Pacheco's in the seventh round this year, if we're true, doing that, true. so you can trade for whatever. Yeah,
3: so I mean, like, I, I'm fine with it from that point. It's very clear that they viewed that pick as house money, you know, not something that there yeah. was in their plans, and that's fine. Like, you want to play it that way? Completely cool with it. So, yeah, I give it a thumbs up. I think there was like a little sticker shock for me
1: at first but then you like think about it and like 13 picks aren't making this team. 11 picks probably aren't making this team. They're going to package the third round pick and a fourth round pick and move up in the third round and grab somebody or, you know, like, I don't know. I I'm, I'm, I'm giving it a thumbs up. Um, I think it's, I mean, I think we could be really happy with this move a year from now, um, after an off season. And I think there's value to be had this year personally. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm giving it a thumbs up. I'm not Maddie answering it at all. Um, the tremendous content for the audio only listeners, where they kind of had to guess what was going on there. But that's I
2: think okay. everybody knows exactly what's happening when you, you say do. Gladiator. what came Phoenix in the thumb scene. Um, it wasn't a Maddie answer. I don't think it's fair to say he's going to be healthy now. Even if he never plays a snap for the Chiefs, the values of this trade will not sink the team. So like that's yeah. why I don't even know if I could ever go thumbs down. Like even if he never plays a snap for the Chiefs, right? you this team will not be sunk. From what they sent out, especially with this draft capital they have, so there is almost no risk to the to this trade. So from in that regard, again, this goes back to if I just completely ignore the other impacts it could have on this year, it's definitely thumbs up. No matter what happens, the risk reward is worth it. I just think that trading away one of your set two third round picks might prevent you from getting a defensive end on the Robert Quinn level. Not a Josh Allen, not a Brian Burns, but you now can't go trade another middle round draft pick to a third round, a second round. Like you're very limited on your day two assets if you wanted to go get a better defensive end. That's my only hesitation right now.
1: Yeah, I think they could I mean Robert Quinn went for a fourth. They still have two fourths. And I don't think I think Miami's fourth is going to be better than the fourth that the Eagles gave up. So and that's that's me saying also that cheese could have traded for that guy. So I I think I think what will be interesting between now and the next time we get on this sh- on this channel. Hey, hit the like button, subscribe button too. By the way, we reached thirteen thousand subscribers today. Thank you guys so much on YouTube. Please hit the like button; it helps us grow uh, the channel, helps more Chiefs fans find it. But um, I think what will be interesting to monitor from now until when we meet together again on Monday. Um, for, for another live show i'm assuming it's going to be on monday next week um as it always is but um just to see like if any other edge rushers go anywhere and how much they go for like yeah it's easy to it's easy to be upset about mythical trades that haven't happened or may not even happen at all but let's see what like let's see let's let the dust clear on this 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 trade um deadline to kind of find out what was actually available and what wasn't because that's going to be something i think is worth monitoring i think there's probably like i again i even tweeted the joke out today like imagine (laughs) like i I can't wait to see what Kadarius tony does for the pass rush like i was a little perplexed but this is probably just a random mid-season long-term move which doesn't happen very often which is what makes the timing weird and all of us are fixated on improving the pass rush because the four-man pass rush can't get home but um, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to monitor.
2: For sure. Well, that also goes back to like the larger plan aspect, right? This could very clearly just be seen as a move for the future and nothing to do with this year. And it just came about now because A, there was other suitors for Tony or B, the Chiefs found out he was really available. They didn't feel like they should wait till the off season and let other teams get involved. So they just went ahead and jumped on it. Now, this could be entirely a future move and the Chiefs have zero intentions of adding any help to this year. We all thought coming into this year that this team not wasn't trying to compete for a Super Bowl, but they weren't putting pressure on themselves to win a Super Bowl or fail this season, right? So if that was their mindset and they don't feel like anything's changed as of now, maybe they don't feel the pressure to go out and trade for a defensive end that will help this year. And this is just a future move that crept up that they felt good about. So they went ahead and pulled the trigger. I don't know for sure. I just watched this team and I look around the NFL there's no team good enough that would beat the Chiefs if they could improve their pass rush like you know, nine times out of ten or you know, six times out of ten if they played. So I don't know why you wouldn't be trying to, and I'm sure they are. I'm sure it's part of their job. It's just if there is no – I don't know what their plan is for the year. I don't know how hard they're working the phones for a defensive end, and I have no idea if this move has any impact on that at all. We won't know until Tuesday at 4 Eastern. It's true.
3: It's true. We'll see then.
2: Yes,
1: we will. And we will be on to talk about all things, trade deadline, anything that happens in the next few days, uh, and all that good stuff. That is going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button all the way out. We'll be back later. Plenty more cheese content during the week. We'll catch you later.